So it turns out that I deleted the theme song. So. It's Bibliovile, the terrible book exchange podcast where a wife and her husband get each other the worst books they can find. For this episode of Bibliovile, Nick read Positively Pippa by Sarah Hager, and I read Redemption Alley by Lilith St. Crow. Welcome to Bibliovile, the terrible book exchange podcast. My name is Meg Dickinson. And I'm Susan Dickinson. And we are back here yet again with two books uh, that we I have found in a dollar store type bookstore for books that you can buy for the store at around a dollar. It's a great hey, start to that buy at the What are you going to buy at the store? Books. Um... <laughs> Unfortunately, one of them that you gave to me, you had by only the title uh, and did not know any of the, the background, whereas I was able to read your background and everything like that. So well, you might remember, book, not yours. you might remember in our last episode, Mick picked out of a, a grab bag. He had purchased four books at a discount bookstore in the outlet mall in Williamsburg, Iowa. And when he was at the outlet mall, he sent me a Snapchat video of their clearance rack. And the one the that immediately box. jumped out to me was a book with two, I'm sorry, not very attractive cover models on it yeah. called Positively Pippa. And I looked it up. Well, first I asked Mick to buy it, but he had already left. So I looked it up at the library and I saw the small print on the front that says a ghost falls romance. And I did no additional research and I put a hold on it. And that was Mick's Bibliophile book. Yeah, the two cover models I was going to bring up myself because they are nothing like you imagine the uh, main characters to be. Uh, this is... If When Harry Met Sally was made in the early 2000s as opposed to the late 80s, early 90s, like the, you've got the Billy Crystal guy with, I suppose, technically like a five o'clock shadow, but then he's got Billy Crystal hair. Yeah, bad. it looks like his hairline is receding a little bit. It's like, what if Dave Matthews had Billy Crystal's hair? I don't really know enough about what Dave Matthews looks like. He wakes up in the morning, has a sandwich to fake an orgasm. <laughs> Um, and then she looks like, uh, she looks extremely 2002 yeah, spaghetti straps, no eyebrows, no eyebrows, really heavy eyeliner, bottom and top, the most dyed She's, red hair. Yeah. And it's very hair. messy. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the news about positively Pippa is that it is positively enjoyable. It's a good one. You done screwed up again. You came into this one handicapped a little bit because you had just the title and none of the summary. Uh, but it is just straight down the line, uh, aiming for center mass, lifetime original, not lifetime, Hallmark original movie in book form, and it it nails the execution very well. I didn't read it all the way through because I want you to read it. So thus ends my summary of Positively Pippa. It's pretty good. Uh, not to spoil too much, but Pippa... Uh, is named uh, as a woman who goes by Agrippa St. Amour, which is a great name. Uh, her actual real name is Turner, but she took her uh, uh, diva grandmother Philomene's last name for, for uh, 
showbiz. Uh, she has gotten fired off her show because of a bad edit used to basically clear her out uh, to get her out of the way. And so it's pretty great that in the first couple pages, uh, I read about a hundred of them. Um, she keeps running into people like judging her and she's like, it's not real. It's not a real show. Like you guys need to get some media critiques. And then, uh, the other guy, Matt, uh, is, has started a construction business because her grandma, uh, is like this rich former opera singer who met Khrushchev and all this sort of stuff. Uh, and basically has bought her entire house piecemeal from this, his construction company, <laughs> Uh, and so he started this successful company and everything, and they're immediately attracted to each other, and they flirt a whole lot from the beginning, but it's very clear that, you know, their lives are in different places and going different directions, and so it's going to be like, yeah, I, I'm sure there's going to be some convoluted baloney to, to break them up in the second act. Uh, but we'll save that for next episode or some future episode because I wrote out what I think all of the plot beats are going to be. I'm not going to tell you now because I want you to read it on a beach somewhere because it's very much a beach read. Uh, and then we're going to compare your lived experience to my guest experience because I think you'll legitimately enjoy this book. I'm so disappointed in myself. I think in the last couple months since we started doing Bibliobile again, I think I've had more books that you actually thought were good than actual bad bibliophile books. Yep. I'm losing my touch. Uh, you are. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I appreciate it. It's very nice to me. Uh, it's very clear who the next, the, all of his brothers are very hot and have a variety of issues or personality quirks that they can be capitalized on. Like yeah. one was the former bad boy, but now he's the, sh- the, the sheriff. Oh, that guy. Uh, and then you've got the, uh, like just kind of dingus carefree, doesn't really plan anything out younger brother. And then you've got the career brother. So that's the one who's, he's going to come back to town to find a girl who's in town, a woman in town. Probably around Christmas time. And then an eagle will steal his blackberry or something like that for forcing him to give up on work. Um, but the most of the time uh, that I had read was spent with the main characters, obviously, and of the future book protagonists, it was the town sheriff, Nate, his younger brother, who I appreciated the book was like, even the, the female protagonist in this book was like, yes, he is hotter than his brother. Like the one <laughs> I'm about to bone down and fall in love with is not even the hottest of these brothers. And I'm like, hey, yeah, I can appreciate that. Um, but Nate's the pretty boy of the family and the town sheriff, which brings us to ACAB. All cops are book protagonists. <laughs> um, this, I will say, doesn't... Uh, I will drop uh, two quotes. Uh, the first is about him. Uh, she has known him uh, and had a bit of a crush on him in high school already. Um, but uh, she does walk back into her grandmother's house as he is under the, the sink in a white undershirt. Oh, real Mad Men yeah, scenario Yeah, real Don Draper yeah. fixing the sink. Uh, and so we get this one. Uh, his white t-shirt rode up, exposing a couple inches of tanned, smooth stomach. Ooh. Matt Evans still had a little something, something going on. A too good looking, seriously charming, hot as hell, cocksure son of a bitch. Seriously nice thighs under those jeans. And then it mentions she's trying to ignore his bulge in his jeans. Ooh. So I don't know. I didn't Sexy. read. I didn't read far enough to know. Uh, if we get boning. Oh, we're definitely going to get boning. I don't know if it's going to be like gross boning or if it's going to be like uh finn just punched me in the back of the chair it was very confusing um if it's going to be gross boning like his cock slipped inside or wet snatch or whatever Ew. 
Um, so I don't know. What that, were some of the words that we developed war diversions to after crest. reading Midnight Sands? Crest was definitely one of yeah. them. Yeah. Um, Her honey is another deeply yes. unpleasant one for me. <laughs> A smackerel of pussy. Um, oh. <laughs> I hate that phrase. Um within that first scene she sprays him with water and so then he stands up and he uh basically grabs her in a flirtatious sort of like oh we're wrestling kind of thing so now she's getting wet and her wet titties are pressing into him and she's getting wet in another way and so he has to take his shirt off and it's very like oh i fucking have seen this a thousand times but you don't read this book for surprise yeah you know uh, and the the banter is flirtatious and fun. Okay. It's getting that sort of like, hey, I'm pretty fucking hot and I know it and you're hot and you know it. And we're going to pretend like we're not going to bone down, but we both know we're probably going to bone down kind of thing. And it's got that very well. Um, get your book for this. Your Get this book for your horny aunt. <laughs> uh, I was going to say mom, but I, you know, which only brings to mind how much the cover models are not it. The cover models are terrible. Yeah. Um, Sorry, apologies to those cover models, I guess. Uh, Dave Crystal. Um, so there is one quote that I wrote down that is pretty stupid, uh, but it just has to, you know, it has to be the book it is. She had the sort of body that he would bet she tried to diet skinnier, but from his perspective, all her curves were perfect. Oh, gross. I hate that. Yeah. She's also a TV makeover artist, and so it's like, listen, I don't think she would probably just too curvy in that role yeah. uh anyway so that's positively pippa uh and it was positively a delight of the hundred pages i read because legitimately uh i didn't want to read it because i don't like these books but i didn't want to have to talk it through because i think you'll like this book and i'm just that nice of a guy that i was willing to forego my own reading to help support your your dreams so well i guess i'll read it on our way to vacation this summer. All right. We might have to renew, but I don't think this will be in too high of demand. No, probably not. Um, to make up for me not having a book to actually review, I'm going to let you uh, peek behind the curtain about my, what I would do for Hallmark uh, rom-com books. Or oh, movies. yeah? Okay. I got one, one, and yes, this is a subplot from Love Actually, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's a terrible movie. But the t- two cover models, like a male cover model and a female cover model, get uh, assigned like a series together. And so they have to appear in multiple photo shoots across, like they don't think it's going to be successful, but then it catches on. And so they see each other a bunch. And so they start to like, you know, fall in love a little bit. And so now it's like, okay, when are you just acting like you're in love with me? Because we have to take this picture or are these sparks real? But then it's still a job. So like he has to go take shirtless photos with a different female cover model and she gets all jealous Ooh. and these these sorts of conflicts that might be that might be more of a, a short story but uh that next would, year's would be NaNoWriMo yeah right um I got enough first halves of books that I can work on instead um then we got uh this was actually your idea uh but I think I I started adding to it a little bit more the uh beach town that was closed for winter yes uh, this one would be a little bit young, skew younger. It'd be more of a John Green YA yeah. take on it. But like, we live in a vacation town, but it's, it's the off season. And so yeah, they're and going there to, are people who live yeah. there. And yeah. so they're going to all like the tourist traps, but they're just like completely empty. That'd yeah. be a pretty fun one. Um, which goes along with, I have not necessarily a plot, but a vibe. Uh, this town ain't big enough for the two of us. Uh, but it's meant to be a romantic statement. Mm. Like only one of us can live here. Our personalities are too big. These sorts of things. Um, 
Oh, uh, a a uh, <laughs> prophet to a new religion. Uh, oh, jeez, this took a turn. Truly, like, the son uh, of a god or something like that has to die, has to be religious, but he falls in love. Uh, and so then it's like, well, I don't... It's like, what if Jesus was in love with Mary Magdalene? Like, it was a romantic love. And so he's like, well, I have to go die. And she's like, no, please don't go die. There I love you. There is a book about that. It's called The Book of Longings by Sue Monk Kid. Oh, well, then it was a good idea by me. <laughs> um, I think I've brought it up before, but a, a uh, bodice ripper, everybody thinks it's going to be a bodice ripper, but in the middle of one of the balls, uh, the rabble kicks in the door and starts guillotining people. <laughs> And it's actually just a revolution with yeah. the rich. Yeah. Um, and then this one's not, uh, these next two ones aren't rom-com books, but I think they are very funny. Well, this would be a comedy that bumbling assassins are trying to kill a man who is suicidal and wants to die. He's the one who oh, hired them. no. He's the one who hired them, but they're so bad at their jobs that they keep screwing it up. Oh, no. Because his health insurance policy doesn't cover, like, suicides, and he wants to get his kids money, so he hires these assassins. Oh, and just, no. They just can't do it. Uh, and then uh, a gossip columnist is killed for getting too close to other murders. Ooh. Uh, so she's one of the things. Um, so those are those are rom-com and other book ideas. Uh, that's our stuff. TM, 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 TM. All right. Well, that, that, that does it for, for me. Vote think... in the comments which one I'm not going to finish writing. Okay. But tell me about book number three, apparently, Redemption Alley by Lilith Synchro. One word. Uh, Lilith, by the way, probably not her real first name. This was extremely meet St. Crow, also entirely not her last name. S-A-I-N-T-C-R-O-W. Uh, this was very mediocre urban fantasy. Ah, um so all urban fantasy are are there shifters yes nice they call them wares but yes um our main character her name is jill kismet oh how lucky she has guess what color her eyes are purple gray the third option they're two different colors Uh uh-huh one blue and one brown eye um she is a a hunter so she hunts mm. hellbound so like demons basically she's a demon hunter um she fights with a gun knives and a bull whip uh and when she's scared her nipples get ba, ba, da, hard ba. as chips of rock like that's a thing that gets brought up as one of her powers or that's just part of narration it's just part of narration oh i'm so scared I'm oh my so gosh scared. by the way i didn't have time to go i love that movie i love that movie indiana jones and the writers right, we of talked the about this last episode we can. so she talks about her car and she talks about it like it's this really fancy sports car and she calls it her baby and she's super obsessed with it guess what kind of car it is toyota corolla <laughs> chevy impala <laughs> which is what i drive um she we get some racism in here uh, is it the author being racist or one of the characters no it's the author oh. just writing some dumb stuff jill describes her boyfriend saul as looking like a romance novel native american I don't even really know what no. that is. Susan, it can't be racist. She likes him. Yeah, you're right. Um, 
the writing is just kind of weird. Like most of the time it's pretty competently written, but every once in a while there's some real stingers. Dawn was coming up fast. The sky full of scarves dyed indigo rose, streaks of gold and soft threads of orange over the furnace in the east. Wait, that's, t- you just like changed lanes on a sentence. Scar- <gasps> like even though the metaphor of scarves doesn't work well, especially without like the sky looked like, it yeah. doesn't work as a metaphor. It works better as a simile. But also scarves of indigo rose, streaks of gold, like, we need another uh-huh. verb in there. Uh-huh. The, the scars were dyed indigo and rose, and there were streaks of gold, and whatever. Uh-huh. So Over the furnace in the I east. I need to become an editor. But then I'd actually have to read these books to the end, so that's not going to happen. <laughs> I closed my eyes, took a deep breath, smelled exhaust, the odor of poverty and footsore wandering, trash and concrete. A sudden cessation of subaudible buzzing made my eyes <laughs> fly open. The street lamp to my left had switched off. I glanced down the street to my right. Edges of broken glass glittered like diamonds as the star we all rolled around lifted itself higher over the horizon. Oh, my God. (laughs) You're trying too hard. It's trying so hard. It's just, like, most, again, most of the time the writing is fairly competent, but it just, like... It, sometimes they throw in word, lines like this that I just, I can't even imagine why anyone thought that was a good idea. Yeah. To put it into a, a man who is too often used as the pinnacle of writing, although he's very good. Uh, Hemingway once asked, do they think that, do they really think big emotions come from big words? Mm-hmm. You don't need to say subaudible sensation. You gotta say, she didn't even notice the buzzing was there until it was gone. Yeah. Come on. Exactly. Efficient writing is effective mm-hmm. writing. Um, there was one line that I uh, found kind of funny in a description of a minor character. He's handsome in the untraditional way of a character actor. I thought that was kind of a good description of somebody. Hey, my name's John C. Riley. <laughs> I didn't know I was in this book. That's not a terrible John C. Riley. No, it's really not. John C. Riley, you have mentioned, you have <laughs> said this to me before. Um, John C. Riley is a great singer and a an fantastic actor. Both and, comedically and dramatically. Yeah, like can just do so many things that the universe just kind of had to even the scales by making him not attractive. Yeah, really had to strike him down for his hubris. Uh, um, the main, cellophane. <laughs> my main uh, bibliophile talking points are just some racism in this book. The... The plot involves organ harvesting of undocumented immigrants, Mm. uh, which is gross. And they spend a lot of time trying to find who's behind it in the barrio. And a section of the barrio is referred to as being Cholo Central. So that's great. Um... He was serious. The trouble is, I was asking for more than one hot chunk of lead if I went into the barrio. The wares run herd out there and keep everything under control. I know the streets and alleys. There's not a slice of my city I don't know by now. But going into the depths of Santa Luz's other dark half isn't something to be done lightly if your skin is my color. I was going to say, emphasis on dark. Uh Uh-huh. Um... We get some even more problematic descriptions of the barrio. This makes me miss uh, the one that we read three books of that takes place in Los Angeles. 
Oh, yeah. Um, the one where he looks like a uh, freaking Constantine. Yes. Shoot, Eric, what were those books? Whatever. Eric something. Yeah. I can't remember what the books were called. They, they were pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. yeah. Violence occurs pretty rarely in most of its sprawl. This is still talking about the barrio. But it's always a breath away. The feeling is like a storm hanging overhead, ready to toss thunderbolts at the slightest provocation. A crackling edge of expectation blurs the air, and your entire skin turns into a sensitive canvas, ready to catch any breath, any faint tingle that might warn you a half second before a bullet punches through your meat. This is a long way of saying I'm I'm a nervous white person going to a non-white neighborhood. Uh-huh. Ranchero music blared from the bodega oh, on God, the corner. No. Cholos lounged on every front porch. Two driveways down, a vintage orange Nova was up on blocks with someone's head under the hood. Two men in flannel shirts with only the top button buttoned, offering <laughs> advice while clutching cold bottles of Corona. Frijoles in sweat, beer and cumin, chili sauce, and hot burning wax from Novenas all mixed together with the tang of poverty underneath. A bald edge of desperation, marijuana fumes, and old food. Jesus H. This I, gets gross. I do really like the, uh, that it's like, okay, well, I've seen uh, Stand and Deliver, so I know the, the Hispanic uh, experience in America. Uh, and also, seems pretty like a chill neighborhood, <laughs> like the way yeah. you described it. It seems pretty fine. You can stop being so dramatic. Although I do love the lounging on porches. I wonder... Wonder how often that uh, little tidbit gets brought up. Uh-huh. Why aren't they at work? Yeah, but if you were in a wealthy white neighborhood, it's like, isn't that charming that so many people spend time out on their porches? I smelled Ramon before I saw him. The cologne was musky, mixing with the smell of healthy male and dominance every charismatic man exhales. <laughs> like, that's so gross. I love my men stinky. Stanky. Uh, At least you didn't smell like beans. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where I was wearing it. was going. This, I smelled them beforehand. I he sub- smelled like <laughs> refried beans. I smell like beef. That would have been. Um, that's about where I expected this to go. Uh, the the in the like exposition, the author refers to people as gangbangers. A minor character refers to an Asian woman as a slope-eyed gal. So, wow. Yeah, well, the, that might be on him, but still, the like, racism yikes. gets a little intense. Specific. Yeah. Um, so here's kind of some. Um, this is a quote that's going to give you a summary of the plot here. What we have here, ladies and gentlemen, is a situation. We have a hellbreed operating inside Santa Luz, shipping in scurf with the help of several members scurf. of the police force, and using them as the cleanup crew after a nasty little organ stripping campaign. Scurf are like a kind of, like, basically a monster that eats people and turns them into scurf, but they smell like cotton candy. I thought, I honestly thought that scurf was a made-up drug, like goblin berries or whatever. Oh, goblin fruit yo, from last week? Yo, you know I got that scurf. Scurf, scurf, scurf. Illegal immigrants are being shipped in by coyotes. Uh, that doesn't mean actual coyotes, but I don't know what it means. Parted no, out. that's like a word. That's smugglers. Oh, across okay. The border. Parted out like junked cars and the remains disposed of. The organs are sold and the scurf are not just here scurf. for cleaning up what's left. There's experiments. The quiet had become dead heavy silence, pressing against my skin. Experiments on scurf with scurf tissue and funded by this organ operation. So that's basically the drama that's happening. Scurf, scurf. 
They did these experiments and they created a bioweapon called Dream. Um, and this is all a front for a big demon who's about to climb free of hell. His name is Argoth. And all of this is going to cause a lot of suffering in Santa Luz. Nice. Um, Argoth? Your goth? My goth? My goth. Oh, my goth. Um, That's terrible. So one really annoying thing is that we spent a lot of time towards the end. Jill discovers the site of these experiments that are happening and talks about like how she's so scarred by all the horrors that she's seen. Horrors. But we never actually find out what they are. Like No. It's like the author's like, it's the worst thing you could ever imagine. But she actually couldn't imagine anything that she bad. Full- this is... Let me see. Let me see this. Do we think that maybe Lilith St. Crow is like the granddaughter of H.P. Lovecraft? It's got everything. It's got otherworldly tendencies, mild to more than mild racism. uh, And now the whole point of the book is too scary to explain to the reader. It was worse because they'd been human once and worse even than Scurf because of the dot, dot, dot. My mind reeled violently away from the thought. There are only two or three things in my life as a hunter that have had that effect. Memories so terrible, the fabric of the brain itself refuses to hold them. Human comprehension shying away. A real Cthulhu situation. How mm-hmm. scary is he? Oh, he's so scary. I can't tell you how scary he is. I don't even remember how scary he is. That's the, why. The Elder Gods? Oh, I just can't say. You'll go insane if I tell you how scary it is. Yeah. So I, like, I, I can't, I can't even I can't even think about it. Yeah. You're just never going to know. Um, so she, I mean, she saves the day, whatever. She burns the research facility to the ground. She is a hunter, but she also has been tainted by a, a, yep, by a hellbound named Pericles who goes by Perry. Um, and he left a scar on her wrist. And so she has some like basically demon power that comes from her scar. Sounds good. And she feels like it's starting to spread. So I'm sure that's going to happen in other books. Mm. Um, Plus, that demon gets like a bonus to suzerain uh, stuff when he is the leader of a city-state. It's yeah. re- like that demon is really good if you want a diplomatic or cultural victory. Uh, <laughs> the hoplite is not really that good as a unique unit for Greece and civilization. <laughs> um, let's see. What else was interesting about this book? Not much. I was it say, was fine. I've yet to hear one thing. It was racist. Actually, no, it was not fine. It was racist. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> um, it was racist and mediocre. Like, none, the writing wasn't that good. The plot wasn't that good. The characters weren't that interesting. And it was racist. So, like, not really anything going for it here. So well, that's uh, that's Redemption Alley by Lilith St. Crow. It is nice to know that H.P. Lovecraft has been, re- uh, you know, revived, as would happen in one of his books. I, I know. I Lilith St. Crow did, like, a complicated ritual to let him inhabit her body. He was actually hell-tainted. Ah. Yeah. Um, after, yeah. So I was thinking about this and dreading this a little bit because when I was working down here in the basement the other day, I noticed your little grab bag of books and how there's still three oh, left okay. in, there. in there. But you didn't peek in there. No, I didn't peek. I just okay. saw it and then was scared and sad. All right. Well, time to peek in there. Okay. <sighs> do you have a book for me yet? No, not yet. Okay. I, I got to do some work. I got to really step up my game. Blind, I'm blind struggling. Luck. Okay. Get, get up here. Get up here. Okay. 
All right. I'm going to let you see it first. Okay. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Should we count this guy's abs? Let me peel this sticker off so we can see them all. There's, there's a lot. So the name of the book as you're doing that is... I'm surprised we can't see the beginning. If it wasn't so dark, like if he wasn't in shadow, I think we could see the tippy top of his wiener. The base. Yeah. Yeah. Deliciously edgy, sexy, and certainly not to be missed, Laura Lee <laughs> gave that poll quote. Did you know that? Yes. Oh, no, Mick. Okay. Oh, what's the name of the book? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's got the nine, sex lines ten. The no, you don't count that little. It's an eight pack with some sex lines. Gum gutters. Hmm. He is part animal and all man. Passions Prey, The Shadow Shifters by A.C. Arthur. Yeah, also who authored Seductions Shift. <laughs> I, I cannot tell you if I read the back of this. The front alone gives me all I need to know. They live in the shadows, half human, half beast, a powerful breed of shapeshifters who protect the civilized world from the deadliest of their kind. Ghost walkers. Oh, our main character's name is Caprice. <laughs> oh, how random. She's described as exotic. <laughs> and our male protagonist... Our male protagonist's name is X. <laughs> I did he not, is. I cannot have read X-rated. the back. X-rated. Oh no, she's exotic. What continent other than America or Europe is she going to be from? Shit. Oh no. America's I, not a continent. I know. I hate well, actually, it. But, yeah, I got it. Like, come on. Ooh. Hey, Mick, want to help spread the word about the Shadow Shifters? Don't wear Join the Shadow Shifter Street Team. Find out how you can help or send an email expressing your interest Do to you this Yahoo address and join us as we endeavor to share this new series with readers across the world. Do you think we can turn all of the uh, fear at school board meetings to this? Like we just show up and fight to have these books in included in the library? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. really easy to get school boards to do anything if you show up to three meetings in a row. Because they really just want you to go away, yeah, and they like, don't want you to come to any more they're meetings. They're like, kids don't read the fucking books in the library anyway, guys. Yes, sure, we'll put Passions Prey and Shadow Seduction or whatever. Yeah. Seduction Shift. Seduction Shift, yes. AC it's the Shadow Shifters series. I like that the author's name that they're going by is AC Arthur, which is basically a, like, it's it's author. Is there? <laughs> yeah. A cum author. I bet is what it means. Yeah, I bet, I bet you're right. I bet that's what it means. We should set an over-under on the amount of times. Which word do you think will get used the most during sex scenes? Cream. Cream will mm -hmm. be up there. Cream will be Slick. up there. Ugh. Eh. Yuck. Yuck. Creamy slit. Creamy slit I, slit. I hate it. A schmackerel of pussy. I Ooh, hate it. Pussy. That sounds more like the My bonnet. name has been Susan Dickinson. What are you changing it to? I think I might just go off the grid. I'm going to walk <laughs> into the sea. Pull the ribcord. <laughs> uh, my name We're has been, here. and I think it's going to continue to be Mick Dickinson. You can find me on Twitter at Digima. You can find the podcast at Bibliovile. You can find my dog, for some reason, trying to get underneath my feet at this very moment. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Susan J. That's S with three U's, S-A-N-J. 
Um, our third co-host is Finn Dickinson. In his toenails. He's <laughs> a big idiot, and I love him so much. Uh, the intro music to our podcast is Babe of hey, the Night. Get out of the diapers. <laughs> By the band Elixir off of their album Rampant. Good night, Finn.